Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. So last week we talked about decluttering and we went into Marie Kondo's decluttering method with the amazing Kristen. So I hope you got to hear that episode. And I don't know if you've been in the Marie method before, if you've read the book, if you've done any of the work, but if you're anything like me, if you did read the book, maybe you stopped with the closet um, and didn't move on to the rest of your house. So one of my goals is moving on to the rest of my house, but it also got me thinking about the closet because we also had um, a podcast about cleaning out your closet and what it would be like to have 33 things in your closet with the amazing Courtney Carver. And we linked to that in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to it. But it got me thinking that we've been speaking a lot about how to declutter and not so much about what goes into your closet. So our guest today, Anita Costello, is an amazing woman. She has a eco brand called Baca. And I first encountered her because her bag is the just the best shape ever. Um, and I saw her at a sale and I knew I needed one. And then we got into this conversation about her mission and her life goal and how she just really wanted clothing to be more eco-conscious and how she really was a firm believer in minimalism. And her style is impeccable. Every time I do these recordings with someone who has impeccable style, I'm always like, oh, I wish we could show this. So maybe you'll see it through her picture in the podcast or by going to her site, but she has great style. So I wanted to get her on and just really talk about what we fill back up our wardrobes with. So yes, we can declutter them, but then what do we want in them? What do we want to be thinking about? Um, What kinds of clothes do we want, both for ourselves and our own sense of style, which I know myself, I wear a lot of yoga clothes, right? Maybe that's my style, but I have a feeling I do it a little bit more by default than I need to. And also our imprint on the planet. So we get into that in this episode, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. So before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about something else really exciting that's coming up. So whether it's your cleaning out your closet project that you said you would do all during the pandemic and you didn't, or whether you're really ready to transition back into getting really good work done, or you're feeling overwhelmed that you may be homeschooling your kids or at least having them at home distance learning while you're trying to get your work done, or whatever it is, but you're just sort of, we're in the messy middle. Maybe I'm the only one, but I don't think I'm the only one feeling in the messy middle. We've been in this situation for, you know, five months now and you know, things are changing, but they're not that different. And so what I find when things are feeling messy, it's really great to come up with a plan. And so we are going to have a five-day planathon where you're just going to do a little bit each day in a couple of weeks. You're going to do a little bit each day so that at the end of the week, you have a plan going into September and you know the things that are really meaningful for you to do, what you might not do, where you're going to find time for it, all the things. We're going to make a firm plan. 
And you may not have wanted this so much in the summer. You wanted to be a little lazier, but I can promise you if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling like you're spinning and you're not getting to the projects that you're wanting to do, or you're just not sure how on earth you're going to get it all done, I promise you that this process will help. Hopefully it will even solve the problem. I've been doing 90-day planning sessions for quite a long time, way before COVID, and it really works to focus on a 90-day season, to get really clear about what that season is like, really clear on what you need to get done, and find a pathway through it um, in by planning. And I've watched women thrive throughout this time that we've been home balancing way too many things, more things than we've ever had to balance before. And I've really been so proud to watch them thrive in this way. So I want to invite as many people into this as possible. So if you want in, it's totally free. It's going to be five days. We're going to meet up once a day live. You're going to have an assignment to do. There's going to be a way to ask me questions. It's not at all an all day thing. It's just, you're going to have some stuff you're going to do each day and you're going to decide whether you want to show up and ask some questions. We'll give you some incentive prizes throughout the week. Um, But the idea is that by the end of the week, you know what September is like, and you can see that between September and and the end of December, even though you're not quite sure what's going to happen. None of us are. It's a very uncertain time. We're not sure what's going to happen, but there are certain things that we can count on, certain things that we can bet on, and maybe this is the time to get them done. And we're going to talk through all that during this week. So if you want in, go to plansimple.com slash planathon and go get your seat, whatever. It's not limited. There's going to be as many people as we want, but go grab your seat so that I can send you emails and you can get all the assignments and you can know where to sign up live um, and you can see what it's all about. So go make sure that you do that. um, And then I will see you um, in in a few weeks at the end of August and we will make this plan together. Again, that's plansimple.com slash planathon. And I am so excited, so over the moon. And you know what? If you have a friend who you sense could use a plan, I mean, I don't really know that there's any woman in the world who has kids who couldn't use this right now. Um, So help me spread the word. If you want to share plansimple.com slash planathon um, with your friends, with your neighbors, with the parents of the kids in your class, I would be super grateful because I know this is needed and I spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to spread the word. But if you want to help me do that, that would be awesome. And again, I did mention that there would be prizes during the week. So I will give you an opportunity to share with me how many of your friends are there with you. So go ahead and do that and you might just win a great prize. All right. With no further ado, let's get the amazing Anita on the show and learn how we can do this style thing more eco-friendly and maybe more minimally. Hello, Anita. Welcome to the Plan Simple podcast. Hello, Mia. How are you? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you here because you are speaking about one of my favorite subjects and as this is coming out, actually, we last week posted an interview about how to really clean out and clean up and declutter. And I feel like that's the angle that I talk about a lot when we go into the topic that we're going to go into today. So I'm so excited for all of your knowledge about, you know, what, what we might 
want. So I'm super excited to get into that. But before we do that, tell everybody a little bit about where you are in life, like what phase of motherhood you're in, a little bit about how you balance that with your work, just so that we can get a, a sense of, of who you are. Okay. Well, I am in the pre-empty nester mode. I have two daughters in college, one at the beginning of her journey and the one that's about to complete her journey. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, um, something I always uh, tell people when I talk about my, my daughters, who I love, um, as a mother, you're in it for the long haul. And I always tell them, I don't care how big you are or how old you get, you'll always be my babies. I love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, how I balance um, just being a mother and a wife. And I think the thing that, and it probably plays into what you do, uh, helps me the most is just being organized. And mm. um, I, I feel like it's one of my strengths in some respects, but I still have a ways to go. I have notebooks all over the house. When I think of something, I write something down, you know, and then I try and pull all the notebooks together and then I go through and I put them in a list and I, you know, categorize them by the day that I need to accomplish them. And so that helps me uh, just keep going and, and not feel like the world is crashing in on me. I love that. Oh my gosh. So good. And you do balance a lot because you have, you know, you're a designer of fashion and of like websites and you're, so you're balancing two kinds of work and kids and we're all in this strange time. So um, I love, I love seeing that in action. And for anyone who has little kids, it's, it's so interesting because you know, my oldest is two years away from college, but whenever anybody used to say it goes so fast, I was like, oh, come on. Like the days are so freaking long. What are you talking about? And now that I'm here, I'm like, oh my gosh, it goes so fast. How does this happen? They're still my babies. But so I, I totally hear that. <laughs> when people told me that I would say, I know you're right, but I'm in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally, totally. All right, so let's dive a little bit. Let's let's move into our topic of today, which is really about minimalism and our our and fashion and how these two things go together. And you you all, I met Anita at um, we live in the same town in Massachusetts, and I was walking through. I think I was looking for my girls, so I was a little bit stressed out because I had lost them in this big town fair that we have. And I just out of the corner of my eye saw this amazing booth with these amazing bags that just so caught my eyes. And so I totally, I tell Anita that I totally harassed her because I saw these bags. I couldn't get one at the time, but I kept following up with her because they were just, they were so. You could tell that you cared about fashion. You could tell that you cared about minimalism. I found out by asking that they were vegan. And that was something I've sort of become passionate about is just really making conscious choices. Um, so I'm so excited to have you here because that's, that's how I initially met Anita. And then I realized she had this whole other, you know, line of stuff. So it's so fun. So will you tell us a little bit about, I guess, both from both aspects, minimalism and fashion, like how did you get so passionate about these two things? And I guess, how do they go together? So like, what's, tell us the, the background of, of why you even have the business that you have and how you got passionate about this topic. Okay. So actually, um, <laughs> when I was uh, younger and I don't know if they so much have them anymore, but um, I used to love to play with paper dolls or the, Oh, me too. So fun. And I remember having this one in particular um, set and they were all mod, you know, like, 
twiggy type clothing. And it was just absolutely my favorite. I absolutely loved it. I think I get the fashion gene from my mother. Um, you know, she passed when I was really young, but she loved fashion. She made all of her own clothing. So I, I feel like uh, that it's kind of in my DNA. I, I do have a degree in fashion design. I went to school for it. Um, and um, that's, um, I don't know, you know, people, they, whatever makes your, your, your pulse quicken, um, that's your passion. And, you know, I just, I love fashion. I just love going into stores. I love looking at magazines. I love, I love people watching on the street and just seeing what people are wearing and just getting inspiration from that. Um, for me, and I think personally, minimalism and motherhood kind of go together. Um, yes. Oh my gosh. Totally. Because you, um, you know, of course your children pretty much always come first. And when you've got to get them ready for an event or something's going on, you think of their needs and then you kind of get the leftovers in a good way, but you get the leftovers. And I would, I would always think of what am I going to wear while I'm you know, dealing with them? What am I going to wear? What am I going to wear? What am I going to wear? And I always had like certain go-to outfits that were very minimal, very simple. I love the way they looked on me. I love how I felt wearing them. And those typically, you know, were the things that I would always kind of go to. So I think that's how I was, you know, I realized that you don't need a lot to look good, to look put together. And um, so that's where I, I'm just kind of marrying the two, um, you know. Well, I love that. And especially th that your story goes back to motherhood, because I think that that's something, you know, it just gets so overwhelming at, at a certain time, certain different moments in motherhood or, or with different kids, different circumstances. And, and I think that we just sometimes let that go. And then, you know, I talk so much here about self-care and I just feel like how we get dressed can be a really important part of self-care to some people that we just totally let go and forget that that was, was once important to us. Yeah. I think just, you know, speaking to that, that's why I design what I design. And when I say you don't need a lot to, to look good or to make it work, because, you know, you, you don't have to do my thing is don't, don't do the default. Don't do the, the sweatshirts and the jeans and the sneakers. You can throw on a cute skirt or a nice, you know, summer dress or something like that. That's not like over the top, totally pulled together, but you still look very nice and very pulled together. And you're, you know, you're being true to your style. So, yeah. so that's pretty much what I really want to get out to people is you, um, you can, you can still look nice, you know, and just be minimal about it and, um, and feel like yourself personally, my, for myself, I'm not particularly into feeling totally laced up and pulled together that I don't feel comfortable with that, but I don't want to look frumpy either. Yeah. So kind of feel that that space in the middle where um, you look great, but you're not, you know, you don't feel like your clothes are wearing you. Yes. I love that. And it's interesting because one of the reasons I think I love your stuff is because I definitely fell into the like yoga clothes, exercise clothes trap for a long time of, you know, this is what I wear. And what was so interesting is just like the switch to putting on a pulled together tunic on top of even yoga pants and like wearing boots instead of sneakers, which I think is something I might've learned from you, <laughs> um, makes such a big difference just to how you feel. It does. And yeah. you 
going to say, you can wear the yoga pants, but put on some cute sandals with them. And put yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and a lot of your stuff is comfy in that way. So it's so, you know, it's like, it doesn't look like yoga clothes, but it might feel somewhat like yoga clothes, which is, I think, maybe important when we're in this phase of phase of life, or maybe all phases. <laughs> Who knows? Um, it, interestingly, and what, so a lot a while back, we had um, Courtney Carver on the show who wrote the book Project Three Thirty Three, and we'll link to that in the show notes for anyone listening. But she basically um, created this system for spending. Um, let's see how it is. It's it's it's. 33 items in your wardrobe for three months. So, you know, she talked everybody through how to clean out your closet, um, you know, put things in bids, put them away and really be, see if you can be comfortable with wearing 33 items for three months. That's where the 333 comes in. And, but we didn't get so much into then what goes in the closet, right? After we've cleaned it out. And I think that's where a lot of us get lost, especially if, you know, fashion wasn't our passion, you know, and, and we're overwhelmed with cleaning out to begin with of like what to keep, what not to keep. So if you were talking people through, you know, what, what do you need in there if you're minimalizing your wardrobe? And, and it definitely, it's worth going back and listening to that episode for anyone listening, because she really talks to you know, not only is this easier, you know, Anita shared how she's so organized, you know, and, and I, I would attribute part of that to the fact that maybe you don't have so much stuff to overwhelm you in your, in your wardrobe, you know, and, and we really spoke about that in Courtney's um, episode, how there's so many psychological um, things that come out of just being a little bit more minimalist in different areas of your life, because there's so much less decision fatigue. And we have so much decision, decision fatigue in this chapter of our lives. Um, that it can be really helpful. So let's talk about how to build this wardrobe because I got to the point where I cleaned it out and then I got to the point where I was like, all right, but now I want it exciting because I feel like when I cleaned it out, I kind of made it boring, if that makes sense. And I don't know if that's typical, but that's what I did. Actually, let me just say, I am a work in progress. Um, Something that my husband, he helps me with this. um, Because like I said, I love fashion and I go in a store and I go, oh, you know, (laughs) Uh, but what he tells me oftentimes is whatever comes in, something else has to go out. <laughs> so, yes, that's good advice. I try to live up to that. Or when I'm, you know, going to a season and he goes, I'm looking to see bags, you know, fill up those bags so we can, you know, we can fill them to goodwill or whatever. He just, he loves that. So he helps me on that journey. I think um, when I think about um, creating a minimalist closet, I mean, you said the first part is you have to be courageous. You have to, we get attached to things that we pull out of our closet, you know, and um, you have to be courageous about it and decide that you're going to let some things go. Um, just like she said, I'm just going to look at my notes, make sure I don't miss anything. Um, but um, I think also what you have to do is kind of know who you are as a person, know your style and not that you, I mean, and, it, and it's a work in progress, but like I said about myself, I know that I am not the one that wears like a lot of jewelry and a lot of, you know, that's my style. I like to look nice, but I, you know, I want something that it's, you know, I can put on, I can get dressed in 15 minutes and, you know, so, but some people are different. Some people love all the jewelry and, and the accessories and that's fine. That's, that's just your style. So you want to just kind of be honest with yourself as to who you are and, uh, and what your style is. And as you're pulling things out of your closet, 
take the things out that you love and that look good on you. And then you have to ask yourself, well, what do I like about this? You know, why do I wear this? Why is this one of my default pieces? And, um, you know, that's probably where you, you want to start building again. You know, if you pull something out of your closet and you say, what was I thinking? <laughs> that should go. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, you know, you want to ask, do I love this? Why do I love this? Will I wear it? And then just kind of get your, your basics down. And for me, um, my basics tend to be, I was sharing with a friend, I said, you'll, you'll only see me when it comes to bottoms in black, gray, maybe a deep red, um, and a coral occasionally. But that's just my style. That's just what I want to wear. And then I go, you know, I'm more creative with the tops that I wear, with the colors that I wear. So find your base or your core or your kit, whatever you want to call it. And then you want to build from there. Um, at least let me just check my notes. Um, yeah, you want to look for similar silhouettes that, um, you know, are flattering and, um, you know, just don't go to things just because they're trending. Yes. You get timeless pieces. And when I say timeless, not necessarily classic. I think for me, in my mind, there's a difference between something that's classic and something that's timeless. You want to look for timeless pieces that, um, that just are going to span um, the years. And it doesn't matter if you wear it now or if you wear it five years from now. It just looks good. It just works. Yeah. So that in mind. Also, when you're shopping, you want to um, pick pieces that will augment what you already have. You have to ask yourself, um, does this go with what I already have? Do I have something to wear this with? Will I actually wear it? And if you don't think you're going to wear it, um, you should just leave it there. You know, just because it's on sale, that doesn't mean that you should buy it. Um, yeah. And just, you know, the whole trending thing. And I'm not saying don't get trendy pieces, but I would make those, um, the, the, you know, just like the food pyramid. Yes. <laughs> are the smallest percentage. I would make the trendy pieces the smallest percentage because those are the fun pieces. Yeah, you know, you want something fun. Uh, but also, you know, you want to be true to yourself. Uh, just Again, because it's trendy, it just may not work for you. So don't feel like you've got to buy into that. Um, when yeah. You're about your, your wardrobe. So. Well, and interestingly, something you said at the very beginning of, of this, this question was that you, to really know your style. And it's interesting because, you know, my kids are 11, 14, and 16. So they're on the older side. And this year um, I did a bunch of sort of deep self-care work and I did do some really deep, deep work um, on, you know, past things, but I also did some work about my style. And what I realized is that, you know, I hadn't thought about that, you know, in this phase. And I was comparing a lot of what I wanted to how I was, you know, in my 20s, and that wasn't really working. And, and I think it, it's, it's some interesting work to just really consider what that is for you right now. Um, and, and what does that look like? And what's like the comfort to the style to the, you know, how you're so and, and sometimes that would help you, you know, that really has helped me just consider what it is that I even want in my closet. Um, because I was picking things based on maybe not who I was completely today um, and not wearing any of them. Like, so that, that was really, really important. 
work that I did this year and, and was super beneficial. So I recommend that to anyone who's like, well, I don't know what my style is. Like just really get clear about what your life is like and what you like feeling like and all those things right now. It's so good. And also part of your style could be, um, you know, something that you wear and someone will say, oh, that color looks amazing on you. That's something that you want to consider, you know? Yes. Especially if it looks amazing and you feel amazing in it. So that's something um, that you can use to kind of help you figure out what your style is or a particular silhouette is the same thing. You know, those pants look really great on you or I love the way that neckline, you know, falls on you. Um, so that can help you when you're trying to determine your style. I love that. Okay, so we, you said something you mentioned a few times, like this idea of trendy items. And, you know, another thing I think that actually kicks in maybe with motherhood is that all of a sudden we have these other beings that we want to take care of. And we tend to buy them a lot of clothes and things and classes and all the thing, you know, every everything that they might want or that we can afford for them. And you know, then all of a sudden our budget for all these things, you know, is either non-existent or maybe it's that we way too frequent target and end up, you know, going by the, the aisle that has clothes that could fit us. And so we buy something. So something that I know that you are passionate about and that I've really been trying to get my head around myself is just this idea of sustainability and waste and what it is that we're actually purchasing. Um, you know, I did a lot of work earlier this year with plastic and trying to get plastic out of my house. And it, it's a long haul to get like really good at, you know, how we can really be great stewards <laughs> for our planet. Um, but I know that you think a lot about this and what you're creating. So t talk to us a little bit about that, like this idea of, you know, maybe investing more to, to, to do better. And I guess maybe if you even have any insights about how to know if we're doing better, like how to even understand what it is we're buying. Cause I think a lot of times we just don't even realize what we're supporting when we buy a t-shirt. Right. Right. That's, that's, yeah, that's a good question. Um, about sustainability. Um, actually, and I am growing in my, um, knowledge, um, and awareness as well. Um, I think when it comes to sustainability, the first thing that um, I was told, and it's true, is that there's no such thing as 100% sustainability. It just, yes. unless we can live in a hermetically sealed environment, it's just not gonna happen, you know? Yeah. But we can do what we can do to um, decrease, decrease the harm for the environment and also the harm for ourselves because you know, you've, you've, I know everyone's heard you, um, you are what you eat, but it's also true you are what you wear because all of these things that we wear um, leach into our bodies as yeah. well. And, um, you know, so it's no wonder that we've got a lot of the issues that we have today. And, but you know, it's, again, it's a journey. I'm on mine. I'm learning more and more um, what, what to do and what not to do. Um, I was just watching something that they were saying roughly today, it could be a little more, but only 2% of fabric is made out of sustainable uh, fibers. Um, mm. The sad thing is about 80% <clears throat> um, of what the clothing it's, gets discarded and goes into a landfill. So, so we want to uh, make choices that are going to kind of um, minim, minim, uh, minimize that activity happening. 
and some of the, the fabrics that are, um, I, I'm learning this whole thing. It's not just what you wear, but it's what's going to happen to your garment, you know, years down the road. Is it biodegradable and things like that? Just making those kinds of choices. Um, there are um, so many movements out there working so hard to um, be more ethical and uh, eco-friendly. And, um, and actually, you mentioned plastic. There actually is... Um, a sustainable type of plastic called PET. And what they do is they take uh, plastic bottles and they recycle them and they can make them into amazing things. I, all of which I don't know, but you know, the just like you go to the supermarket and you read the labels when it comes to food, you should read your labels when it comes to clothing. And some of the things that you should look for if you want to move in that more sustainable direction are, you wanna look for organic, um, or Pima cotton, mm -hmm. um, organic hemp, organic linen, cork, believe it or not, um, think things are being made with cork. Um, <clears throat> some, those are some of the natural fibers. Some of the man-made fibers are uh, modal and um, soy. And there's a, an eco leather that's being made out of cacti and pineapple leaves. Who knew, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I once had a pair, one of my favorite pairs of shoes for, I mean, I still wear them actually. I love them. And I think I got them like eight years ago and they're just, you know, they were a little too expensive, but like they're a really good cut and I, you know, they fit my style profile and um, they were made out of recycled televisions and they look like suede. Oh Isn't that so cool? I, everywhere I went, when people comment on my shoes, I'm like, guess what they're made out of? Because they look just like suede. Wow. I just yeah. love you said my style profile. That was, that was a great way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll, we'll, we'll pull that out because I didn't even mean to say that. I love that. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, some of the things you want to avoid are um, like, of course, uh, viscose and rayon and... Uh, and the biggest offender is polyester. Um, okay. Petroleum based. And, um, you know, of course that, you know, leaches into our, our environment and it leaches into our skin. And um, I was watching something the other day and it talked about um, the polyester and it just, whenever you wash it, it particulates um, break away. It's in the water, it's everywhere. So, um, so these are things to, um, consider when you're making choices. And you said something else about those shoes costing a little more. That's what you're going to expect. You're going to be paying a little more for goods made with sustainable products um, than the, um, the mass produced, you know, it's the, you know, the, I don't know, the stuff, high fructose corn syrup versus, you know, yes. honey. <laughs> totally. Yeah. 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 You just, it, you know, it's just it change. Cha brain, sorry, train your mind that that's, if that's the direction that you're going to go in, that's what's going to be happening. But also you're building a, a closet that again, it's going to last and it's in a year, you're not going to pull something out and go like, what was I thinking? You know? Right. It's really interesting because, you know, I bought those two expensive television shoes, you know, probably a little bit over eight years ago, but you know, and I was conscious, like I was really, I think when I decided to eat vegan, I, I, you know, I definitely did it for health, not for the environment. I'll be totally honest. Like it was a hundred percent to lose weight. Um, but 
you know, I very quickly was reading enough information and was like, oh, cool. Like what an amazing impact it's also having on the planet, you know, and then I decided, well, if I'm going to buy a bag or shoes, you know, I might as well buy those, you know, that if I'm doing all this stuff with food, I might as well support that with those goods. So that was kind of like the first little move I made. I didn't really make it for my kids. You know, I wasn't really like adamant, but I think the thing that really tipped me off and got me excited about just have like my clothes really supporting me and who I want to show up and also the environment and our planet was about three or four years ago. My daughter does a lot of acting and we had to order all these costume things. And I remember when I heard what we had to order, I was kind of like panicked because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't in the budget. It wasn't what I was planning for. And then I, you know, clicked on all the links and, you know, the skirts, the t-shirts, the shoes, like everything was $3. And I just remember getting that pack. I remember being relieved about the money and then just having this like huge sense of guilt when the package arrived, because I was like, how did these things possibly cost $3? Like, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. You know, and, and it was like, if it was, it was nice, like from a budget perspective, but then when you like really thought about how that could possibly like how somebody could have been paid and where the fabric came from, you're like, how does this, this doesn't make sense at all. I, I hear you. Um, you know, my, um, what I have done, it's USA made uh, for the most part. Um, my fiber or fabrics, they, of course, I, they're sourced in North America. And none of it's produced in the United States. And that's something that as we move more towards a sustainable mindset, they'll be able to bring those kinds of things back. But, um, you know, the, the fabrics that I, um, so I have some great vendors that I use and they, um, they uh, it's either excuse me, sustainable or this Okio Tech certified. So they come from uh, reputable vendors and, um, you know, where there it's not that kind of um, labor where there people are being taken advantage of. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you, it's, you know, you, you have to make a decision. You have to make a choice and, and just say, well, you know, I'm going to bite the bullet and pay a little more for something that I know that the workers are treated fairly or it's not polluting the environment um, as badly as this particular product over here. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, um, and it's a journey. I just want to, sh I'm not, and I'm on my journey, you know, yeah. it's not like I'm totally sustainable. I'm not totally vegan, but I'm working to move as much in that direction as I possibly can. And I'm just getting excited as I see what's available um, for me to be able to use. But to know that I, as I go forward, will be using vendors who um, are vegan certified or, you know, Okeotech certified, or these are natural fibers that are not killing the environment um, um, as much as some of the other. What, what is Okeotech? KO certified because I feel like that comes on a lot of kids stuff. Yeah, and so it's a it's a process that um, the the fabric has to have gone through or not gone through, and a lot and the reason that you find it on children's wear is because there are um, very strict laws um, for fabric that can be used for children to wear because of in the past I mean before all of this was uh, this, these laws are passed um, you know it was children would if they you know, got near a flame because, you know, a lot of the man-made fibers are basically plastic and they just melt. Right. Um, so 
things, um, they get new um, pliers. So, so these, um, these fabrics are, um, they're safer for children to wear and they're just safer for the environment. I, I don't know all of the details about yep. Okio Tech, but that's a direction. Uh, I mean, I have got bamboo and I started with bamboo tunics. I love the feel of the fabric. It's a, a naturally wicking fabric. Um, it feels great on your skin. Um, and it's one of, it's an Okio Tech um, uh, fiber that, um, or fabric that um, I'm happy to be able to be using, um, you know, um, on uh, several of the, the pieces that I have on my website. Awesome. So, um, and I want to tell everybody where that is in one second. And I think the one thing that we, we, you talked a little bit about workers and like that being why a product has to be more than three, $3 for a t-shirt. But the other thing I want to just point out is, and I think the pandemic might be helping with this a little bit, because I think we all had to step back a little bit from consumerism, obviously going into shops and then, you know, we all also, I think a lot of people became aware of, you know, their ability to quickly order from Amazon and a lot of the, that's an easy place to get those $3 t-shirts. So, um, so I think we're becoming more and more aware, but I went to a really impactful event. Um, I think it was back during the holiday season, um, where we were asked, you know, who knows when they're purchasing from a woman owned business. Um, and you know, and what we were asked was everyone just to pop out their favorite stores. And the woman who was leading the talk, you know, was very well researched. So she pretty much knew that almost all of them were, were, you know, men or, or corporate owned by a board of directors of mostly men. And so I think it's also just interesting to know, like who you're buying from and what you're supporting when you're buying from that person or that organization, um, and what they stand for, um, and really just do a little bit of, of research before just pressing buy, even though it's so, you know, tempting to just buy something that you think you like. Um, but that research can really help us, you know, I think that will really help change the world if we just take that little pause to ask, you know, how is something made? Who's making it? Who's behind it? What do they believe in? Um, how are they supporting their workers? Just all the different questions that we can ask um, to really help us make informed decisions. Yeah, and that and that means a lot. And um, just I remember when my oldest was in high school and she um, needed some T-shirts. <laughs> and of course, you know, um, we went to the mall and she, we went to this one store and she wanted to buy this T-shirt and it was just an outrage to me, an outrageous price. And I said, oh my goodness, I could get you two or three for that price. Um, yes. We walked around, walked around, and finally. I, I gave in. I said, okay, if you, you can get this t-shirt, but this is the only one you're getting. And you know what? I learned a lesson from her because if you gave her a dollar for every time she wore that t-shirt, she made her, or she made our money back threefold. Right. So um, just to um, tie that into, you know, going away from the, the $3. Item, yes. Yeah. You know, if you pay the extra money um, and it's something that you love and it feels great on you, you're definitely getting your money's worth because it's something you love. You're going to wear, you know, and um, so, you know, you've got to make those decisions, uh, weigh those decisions as well. Yeah. And you're having less, which, which I think makes such a difference in how often you wear it and what you wear it. And maybe that's an easy way for people to just naturally make the choice to have less because, you know, if you're going to spend the money, you're going to get, you know, you're not going to get three t-shirts, you're going to get one. And 
that's mm-hmm. what we need. We don't need all 10. <laughs> Be creative with what you have, you know, how can you, um, you know, change it up um, to wear it differently. One day you wear it plain, another day you put a scarf on, you know, you throw a little capelet on, uh, you know, a bit different jewelry or something like that. Um, but it just helps you. But I love your point in the beginning uh, where you talked about um, just decision overload. Yeah. And, and actually my, I don't know, I don't know if it's a tagline, but it's kind of my mantra that I have on my website. And it says, life is complicated enough. What you choose to wear doesn't have to be. Yes. And, you know, that's, you know, I'm just keep it as simple as I possibly can. That's where I'm coming from. Yes. I love that. I love that. It's so good. And for anyone who's not like, and I think once you have the, the minimal wardrobe, you really do start to wear things and, and push that envelope. And it is simpler just to go in and choose the things. Um, something I did in the interim, which was really helpful was we talk a lot here about food. So, you know, uh, what I talk about all the time is how helpful it is just to decide what you're going to eat 24 hours in advance and to really learn how to stick to that. And I I can't remember if somebody suggested it, maybe it was even Courtney on the podcast to do the same thing for your wardrobe and just decide what you're going to wear, you know, just like you would meal plan, you wardrobe plan, and then you can kind of get a sense for like what you're wearing, what you're showing up to, like, you know, change it up a little bit, like remember to add the scarf or the new necklace and you start to see how flexible you can be with a small amount of things. Yeah. But if you have a basic like kit, have a kit, um, you know that, well, I've got my black pants. I've got my gray pants. I don't have to think about my bottoms. Yes. The other, you know, um, hmm, I think I want to wear that red top with it today. And you know, the, the blue scarf or, you know, so it just, it does it, it, when you simplify, um, a portion of it, then you can be more creative with, you know, a different portion of it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm pretty much a, I have three pairs of pants that I love. Someday I'll have to replace some of them, but for now they work. And then tunics, it's like my go-to, like if I, I can feel good in that, I feel good in anything and you make tunics. So tell everybody how to get a hold of you. So, okay. This may be a little convoluted because right now I am in the process of, um, I, it's, a. Uh, I'm trying to send people to a, a landing page so that they can opt in. Uh, and then uh, if they opt in, they can get a download or they can go to my website, which is uh, www.baca.design. And Baca is spelled B-A-C as in cat, A-H, dot design. And if you just go straight to the website, um, just go to the connect page and just fill out your information. And in the, uh, the message, just write, um, send me my free download. And I have this download that talks about how to dress for your vertical body shape we all mm. apple and our pear but we all have a vertical shape we are either long-waisted or we're short-waisted or we're balanced and so i have this this download that you can get and it tells you um how to figure out which one you are and then how you know what are some styles that work best for you uh, depending upon which vertical shape you are. So, oh my God, I love that. And we'll put that link in the show notes so everybody can get to it. And we'll also um, commit to updating that when there's a link to just go straight to the, the opt-in. So that's so good. I think everyone should go get that. So great. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for your time. Do you have any parting things that we've forgotten to talk about or do you feel like we covered it all? No, my only thing is I like to tell people, find your jam find your style, find what works for you and rock it. I love it. 
Oh my gosh. And you're so good at that. I wish everyone's hearing this, but if you could just see Anita, she like has, you know, she always has, I feel like you always have the perfect black or gray top with some fun earrings and like, it feels so pulled together, but I can also see that it's so simple. So I love that. So thank you so much for your time. I'm, I'm hoping everyone goes and checks out your stuff. You guys, you also have to check out her bags. I know that we're not carrying around bags like we used to right now, but oh my gosh, it's my favorite accessory ever. I plug my bags because what I know about my bags, um, I, they're called my origami slouch pouch and it's a single piece of fabric that is folded to form um, a bag. And that's what I love about it. Even that the, the concept to me is minimal. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. And it's the best because I can tell you, because I've been on this search for a long time for bags that are made out of, you know, really sustainable fabrics that there, it's not easy always to find good designs. And it's not easy at all, actually, I should say. And Anita's are amazing. So highly recommend going and checking those out. I'm excited personally for my fall one, which I keep telling you I'm going to get, but I'm really going to get this fall. I'm so excited. All right, you guys, I'll see you on the next episode. And Anita, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Mia, for having me. At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action because action is where real change happens. And guess what? Action doesn't have to be huge. We make it so big in our heads, but it can be the little things that add up. And that's what I want us all to see and practice. I want us all to practice the little things on a weekly basis. So I always share three doable changes at the end of every episode, not so that you can do all three things or feel like you have to do all three things. The idea is actually that you choose the one, the one that really resonates with you the most and that you really commit to that thing for a week and play with it and have fun with it and make it your own and make it really happen in your own life. All right, here are the three doable changes from my chat with Anita. Number one, learn about your style. Understanding your style means having clothes that look and feel amazing. Start with Anita's sheet on vertical body shape to understand exactly what is flattering on you. I found this sheet so helpful. And if you go to the show notes, you can find the link to that. Don't worry. Pay attention to when people tell you you look amazing, either because of the way something's cut or the color against your eyes or whatever it is. Pay attention and ask questions so that you can take that as intel to what is your style. Notice what colors you're drawn to again and again. Do you love jewelry or shoes or other accessories? Do you like keeping it simple? Do you like it being stretchy and comfy? Notice which pieces in your wardrobe you gravitate to. Ask yourself what it is about these pieces that you love. And the idea is to do more of that. So often, this is not the approach we take. So doable change number one is learn about your style. Doable change number two, read labels. Start to understand your clothing by reading labels. This is almost like food labels. Notice what material clothing is made from. Pay attention to where things were made. As you look at new pieces, pay attention and ask yourself questions like how I did, like why on earth does this t-shirt only cost $3? Ask yourself, do I really need 10 t-shirts? Maybe it's better to have the one or the two more sustainable ones that might cost more money, but might serve you better and might serve the planet better. You do not have to revamp your whole wardrobe all at once. Okay. And you don't have to worry about all the labels in your current 
wardrobe if there's anything not perfect about them. Just start to notice and start to make your new choices about one item and then another and then another. And I promise that over time, this builds up and it is amazing practice. Believe me, when I walk into stores, which we don't have to do so much right now, I get tempted by $3 t-shirts all the time. But really having this practice has been so, so helpful. All right, doable change number three, decide ahead what you're going to wear. Oh my gosh, I love this one. And it just came up on another podcast. So it's so fun that many multiple people have been suggesting this lately. If mornings are hectic, try planning in advance what you'll wear for the next day. You could even set it up several days in advance. You could, advance. You could even really know what you're wearing for the week. So if you meal plan for the week, you could also plan your clothing for the week. Lay out your outfit the night before in a convenient place or hang it together in your closet. And literally, it is a decision that is totally off your plate in the morning. And I think you will feel some free time um, in the morning. And I get asked a lot how possibly to make more time. And this is a good one. This is one, one of those unconscious places that takes time and we may not even notice. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was really exciting to talk about what we should put in our closet because we've done a lot of episodes about cleaning out our closet. And I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple podcast, where we will be talking about a whole new topic. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast.